climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio. On this show, we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to shape a better world, and how our educators are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. You know, as I was preparing for today's show, I came across a quote from climate activist Greta Thunberg. Uh, We all know her, right? She's the young woman, I think she's 18 now, um, who's been challenging our world leaders to take immediate action on climate change mitigation. So she inspired students across the globe to host their own climate strikes. Um, If you don't know Greta, I really encourage you to learn more about her. She definitely inspires me. So she said in an interview something that really spoke to me. She said, I'm not special. I can't convince everyone. I'm just going to do what I want to do and what will have the most impact. I truly believe she put into words beautifully how I think about um, my own ideas around climate action. I'm not special, you know, I can't convince everyone. The problem seems so big, it's too overwhelming, right? But Greta, like our guest today, students Bridget Barron, Ben, Benjamin um, Del Negro and Veronica Holquin from T.C. Williams High School. They know they're not going to convince everyone about climate change or taking action on the environment, but they're doing what will have a huge impact on their community. And they have the support of a great environmental organization known as Earth Force, um, whose mission is to infuse civic experiences into environmental education so that we create environmental citizens, which we all need to become. We need to be environmental citizens. So I'm really excited that um, Vince Meldrum, the president and CEO of Earth Force, is here with us today. So I just want to welcome all of you. Thank you so much for being here on The Power of Young People to Change the World, for being willing to share your stories and your voice on the work that you're doing. Um, before we talk about environmental actions, um, I'd love to hear from each of you. Um, if you could just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about you. Bridget, why don't we start with you. Um, all right. Um, other than advocacy with Standing for Tomorrow, my extracurricular activities generally consist of gardening in my backyard, um, singing lessons, martial arts, and swim team. And there's also the occasional building projects because why not? <laughs> Absolutely, why not? <laughs> Thank you. Um, Benjamin, how about you? Um, well, um, I have a strong passion for environmental justice and advocacy, obviously, which is why I joined Standing for Tomorrow. Um, but aside from that, I am very interested in pursuing a career in filmmaking because um, I do enjoy uh, in my free time making short films uh, as well as watching movies and TV shows that interest me. Um, I'm part of the uh, graphic novel book club at our school, which I have found to be um, a kind of uh, stress relief from the weird year that was last year. Very exciting. Graphic novels are something that I enjoy as well. So <laughs> we we have something in common. Uh, Veronica, how about you? Can you introduce yourself for us? Um, hello, I'm Veronica. Um, and I am very invested in helping my community grow in technological, environmental, and physical advancements. Uh, as in... Um, I love to occasionally participate in volunteer work in my local community and my local pool. I'm actually a synchronized swimmer um, and I spend a lot of time in the water and I love to uh, help our environment and our watersheds here in Virginia. 
Wonderful. Thank you. How about you, Vince? Well, excuse me. Um, I don't do any of these exciting things like swimming or synchronized swimming or anything, unfortunately. <laughs> me either. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I'm an educator at heart, Amy. I've been uh, in education for like 35 years. And, uh, and before I worked on environmental and civic issues, I was actually the debate coach at Arizona State University. And so I, you know, I think I've, I've brought all of that um, to this idea that young people should be civically engaged. But then outside of work, um, I'm a bicyclist. I ride my bicycle quite a bit and uh, I spend a lot of time with my family and my dog. Uh, yes, um, having animals is definitely, I think you and I have bonded over that before as yeah. well. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. So Bridget, I'm going to circle back to you. And um, can you talk to us about why you're so passionate about helping the environment? Kind of what drew you um, to want to address this issue? Um, So I've been interested in taking care of the environment for as long as I can remember. My mom used earth science as an outlet for my incessant curiosity. (laughs) Uh, So I frequently went to summer camps at the local nature center where they taught us about everything from what animals eat to how to take care of their habitats. As for what drew me to help address this issue, the record-setting rainfall in Virginia three years ago led to mold growing all over my school buildings and literal mushrooms growing out of the wall next to my seat. Suddenly, the seemingly far-off issue of climate change was very very personal. Um, And it also helped that my incredible biology teacher through the earth force method uh, gave me a means of doing something. Okay. Let's just circle back there a minute. Mold and mushrooms growing in your school. Yep. The school was literally rotting from the inside out and there were mushrooms (sighs) growing out of the wall next to my seat. Oh my goodness. I, I just have to like, that raises so many questions for me. <laughs> Fire away. Uh, so what did the adults say about the mushrooms and the mold growing? Like, that's like obviously visible. It's like right next to your feet. Like, what's the adult response to that? Um, generally, if we asked about it, we were told to ignore it, that it couldn't hurt us. Um, our research um, said differently which is how we wound up doing the advocacy in the, in the first place. <sighs> I, okay. How, like, okay. We'll come, I'm sure we're going to come back to this a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's quite a catalyst uh, for taking action when it's literally right at your feet. You cannot ignore a climate issue <laughs> when, when it's, It's that, like, this is like a horror movie. It's like a setting for a horror movie. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're going to have to talk more about that as we go on here. Um, So so this is kind of a leading question to Benjamin. Did you see, um, what Benjamin, kind of, what was the impact of the environmental issues that you saw in your community? (laughs) Um, Well, I will definitely go more in depth on the different problems in our middle school, because there were (laughs) quite a few. Um, It was pretty much every day that I would arrive in the school building, too. I mean, um, it was hard to find a room in the school building that didn't have at least some form of mold or water damage in it. Um, Aside from that, uh, I mean, an entire ceiling panel had collapsed in the eighth grade hallway. Um, The basement had flooded. Uh, It was clear that the I think we might have lost Benjamin. Um, hopefully he'll, um, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully he'll um, get his audio back. Um, but we'll come back to Benjamin because obviously he was sharing a lot more about what was happening in this school. Um, Veronica, how about you? What, um, what, what made you um, passionate about the environment? Well, I first became aware of our environmental issues when I heard about the Fridays for Future movement started by Greta, which was the um, quote you talked about at the beginning. Um, And this movement was, it spread globally. So I heard about it through my parents and I was very inspired that a girl around my age could make an impact for such an important cause. 
Um, and when I started to pay attention to my surroundings, I found many issues that were not only on the international scale, but also in my community. I also went to the same middle school as Bridget and Ben, and um, I did not have mold growing next to my feet, but I was in the same uh, room, had different tiles that fell on the floor, uh, water damage and lead in the water that was very toxic for me to be in this building. And I knew that I needed to fix these issues before it was too late. I'm, I'm honestly just blown away um, by the fact that your school was in this, in the dire straits that was in. Um, Vince, do you have anything that you can add about what was happening in the school when, um, when the, I'm sure that it was the teacher that reached out and started implementing the Earth Force program there. Well, actually, so the teacher is a teacher who has worked with us for a long time. Okay. Is probably one of the best educators out there doing Earth Force, Amy. And so when the when these young people found the mold in their classroom, um, she just said to them, "Let's study it, right? Let's do some some scientific analysis." And so Bridget and Benjamin, Veronica, some other young people as well. Um, all got together and started to really dig into what was this mold, you know, what kinds of black mold was it, where did it come from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they found that, um, as Benjamin alluded to earlier, it was really in the bones of the school. You know, the, the wood of the school itself had gotten wet and stayed wet. Um, and a lot of that was because of the intense rain events um, that the, the our area faces um, because of climate change. And so, as they dug into it, it, it became a science fair project at first. And, um, and I think these young people, they could speak to this better than I could, but they, um, they uh, uh, identified that, that kind of as a, a really bad problem and said to the school district, how do we fix this? And the school district didn't have great answers. And, and I'll let them kind of take their story from there and, and where Wonderful. it went from there. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, we're going to go deeper. Um, but Bridget was... I know that you, um, and hopefully um, we'll, ch- we'll check and make sure Benjamin's back, but um, Bridget, um, could you just tell us um, just a little bit more about what was happening in your school? And then we'll go to break and we'll come back and we're going to dig in deeper. But Yeah, okay. Um, so the building was actually constructed back in 1935, and so it was not built to be sustainable by mm-hmm. any means, certainly not in terms of climate change. Uh, And so with the rising humidity, rainfall, heat, and everything in the area, it just broke down, essentially. Um, And it flooded from the rain and all of that. And then it just got wet and it it stayed wet, like Vince said. And it just started rotting, essentially. So there's nothing like having climate change, like, present itself like right on your doorstep, right? Like this is a place that you go to every day. And so to see how climate change is really has a huge impact, um, not only on the, on the world, but it's like affecting the building that you're stepping in every day and to be exposed to mold. We're going to have, yeah, we're going to dig in (laughs) in deeper and learn more about what you guys did and, um, and how you, took action and the results of that, which are really exciting. But we do have to take a brief pause. Excuse me. So when we return, we'll continue our conversation with Vince, Bridget, Veronica, and Benjamin. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, Today, um, we're talking about climate action and how students at T.C. Williams High School in Alexandria, Virginia, are taking action um, in their community, in particular in their school, as well as some of the other um, things that they've accomplished this year that I'll let them talk about. But um, Vince, before we really dig into more about what was happening um, in the school and um, the action that our students are taking, can you tell us a little bit more about Earth Forest? You guys are such a great, amazing organization. So can you tell us about your history and and what Earth Forest does? Absolutely, Amy. So, um, so interestingly, um, Earthforce was actually inspired by a group of young people, not unlike the young people that you're talking to today. Back in 1989, there were a group of fourth graders who found styrofoam in the stream near their homes. Um, and when they cleaned out the styrofoam and went back a couple of weeks later, they found it had just returned. Um, and most of that styrofoam came from takeout food. And so they, they tried to work with local food distributors to have, you know, just have them not use styrofoam anymore, but that didn't solve the problem. And so they actually um, had the city of Portland, uh, Maine, uh, or not Portland, Maine, um, but anyway, so they had the city of Newport um, solve that problem by changing an ordinance. And so, so that they, some folks at a, a foundation heard about that and said, wow, this is you know, this kind of interface of environment and civics uh, is something that we should try and do with environmental education all across the country. And that was how Earthforce was born. And so what we do now is we're trying to replicate the experience of those fourth grade girls with young people all across the country. And so we train educators to use the six-step model um, that we've developed over the years, and they take it into their science classes. They investigate environmental issues, identify problems, and then they look for the the policies and practices, the communities that uh, are the cause of that problem, and they try to change that. And so just like, you know, these young people are inspiring, and and I know a lot of other people will hear about this from them, and, and they'll be inspired. That's how Earthforce came about. We came about by... Uh, by being inspired by a group of fourth grade girls. That's wonderful. And I love that it was youth driven right from the start. That just makes perfect sense. And um, I'm wondering, are there any programs that you want to talk about? Um, Maybe one, what inspired um, Mary, the teacher that, um, that these young people are um, working with? Um, Is there anything that you want to share about your programs that people can get involved with? Absolutely. So Mary's involved in a program called Caring for Our Watersheds, and it's one of um, three programs that we have that we call challenges. And challenges are uh, where we take an environmental issue um, and we ask young people and their educators to try and adjust, address that issue. So Caring for Our Watersheds is in partnership with a company called Nutrient, and the issue there is watershed health. 
We also have one called the Rise Challenge um, that we do in partnership with FEMA. And the issue there is community resilience to uh, climate change. And then we're developing one right now that we'll call um, the, it's a sustainable agriculture challenge that we'll be doing with Chipotle. And that's that's a, a lot of what we do. So, so what we do is we train teachers to use our method in the classroom. They adapt it for whatever the topic might be. And then um, really the key to it is Young people dig in, they care, uh, and they want to make a difference. And, and then you see the results like what these young people did. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And um, teachers, make sure you check the, check out the resources from EarthForce. They're wonderful. So earthforce.org, Thank you. go there. I've looked, I love their resources, I'll be honest. Um, so... Benjamin, I'm so glad we have you back because you were starting to talk about um, what was happening um, in your school and what was happening um, in the classroom. Um, So how did this get started with you guys? So obviously there's a mold issue. You started to talk to us about that. So could you could you continue down that that uh, journey with us? Um, Sure. So. There were, um, I think that the the style of teaching in that classroom, uh, what we what we were learning was so much different than what I had previously been taught. Um, I think that that style of teaching is so much more engaging and memorable. Um, and I think that that really helps when you're trying to teach youth advocacy and uh, climate justice, because I think um, not only does that help develop um, a lot of skills that can be later used in life. But I think that it is just so important. I'm so sorry, Benjamin. We seem to have lost lost him again. Um, Veronica or Bridget, um, do either one of you want to kind of step in and talk a little bit about what this looked like um, in the classroom when you when you first got started? we can rock paper scissors over it I don't really care Ronnie can go okay (laughs) um so well this started as a science fair project and it was um most of us actually Bridget and I were not part of the data collection process and it was very uh like important for the different students that were working on this project to gather information about the um, different types of mold in the building and how the students were affected. And we collected all this data and we were actually able to present it to the staff members. And it was very uplifting to know that they supported us um, and all the teachers were on board to convince school board to remediate this problem. That's wonderful. So you guys started this like two years ago, right? Yep. Yep. So what does it look like now? So you started data collection, analyzing mold that and fung- <laughs> mushrooms growing right next to you in the classroom and um, collecting data and all of the, the things. So what does it look like now? Kind of what's what are some of the activities and things that you're doing right now? Right now, we actually have our legislation, our state bill that was presented to the full Senate last Yay. year. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and it's going to be passed on July 1st, 2021 in about a week, which is very exciting. And we have Ben and Bridget that are actually working on a youth conference with green schools to spread more uh, like learning about what we're doing and how youth voice can impact um, the world today. That's awesome. So what does the legislation kind of in layman's terms, what does it say or what does it do? I'm actually going to pass this to Bridget because she knows more about the writing process for the bill. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. So the bill, which go, which as Veronica said, has been signed into law. It goes into effect July 1st and it essentially requires that the all local public school boards have to create a plan in accordance with standards set by our Virginia department of health. 
which have to be in accordance with uh, EPA guidelines. Um, and basically, they have to test and remediate mold when it's found. Uh, and they also have to alert parents that there is mold there. Because part of the story that we didn't mention earlier was that most of our parents weren't aware that the building was rotting. Um, <laughs> so all this mold was everywhere, and the district told nobody. Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations on getting legislation, and we will all celebrate with you on July 1st. That is absolutely phenomenal um, that that is getting passed because this should not happen in any school anywhere. So congratulations, guys, to all of you. That's amazing work. Um, Amy, Amy, can I butt in for just one second? Of course. Um, about this? Imagine how amazing this is that in the state of Virginia, um, two years ago, there could be mold growing in a school. The school district didn't have to test for it, didn't have to inform the parents of the kids that it was happening, and didn't have to remediate it. We're required to do any of those things. And thanks to the work of these three young people and the the dozen others that um, have worked with them, as of July 1st, every school district in the state of Virginia now has to test for mold. It has to notify the parents if they found mold, and it has to remediate mold in that district. And that's the work of seventh grade kids who found mushrooms growing out of the wall one day. It's just, to me, it's just amazing. You are absolutely right. And it is astounding to me that... Um, that that's where we are today. <laughs> I am so grateful for young people who are willing to tackle these issues because obviously some of us adults are falling down um, where we should be stepping up. So we do have to no take another quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to continue our conversations with our guests from Earth Force and T.C. Williams High School students. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. 
So welcome back, everyone. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm here with Vince, Bridget, Veronica, and Benjamin, and we're talking about taking action on environment, environmental issues, but in particular, we're talking about the actions that these um, young people were taking because of mold that was found in their school due to climate change. And the fact that they now have a bill that's going to be passed um, on July 1st that's going to require um, schools and um, districts to be in compliance with the EPA and all sorts of communication with parents that never happened. So um, as we were um, heading into commercial, um, Vince, you were sharing um, just kind of a great overview of like that just setting telling the story of of what's happened in this school and in this community and I'm wondering if you could speak to the power of civic action and its importance and the role that young people have to play oh I'm happy to that's uh, I think one of the things I'm most passionate about Amy um you know, in America, we teach young people, in the United States, we teach young people about the environment. And most often we teach them that they should do something to protect the environment. So when we talk about climate change, we say, ride your bike to school, close the door when you leave the house, turn the lights off when you leave the room. And those are all really good things. But none of those protect young people from mold in classrooms. Um, none of them get the cities that we live in to um, to change to to uh, fossil free free fossil fuel free um, areas, none of them mm-hmm. decrease carbon. They don't they don't address the big systemic issues there. And the way that you get at those systemic issues is to become involved in the civic system in your community. So the young people that you have on today, they found mold in their classroom, um, and and. And that mold stems from climate change happening in their their community. And rather than just saying, you know, let's paint over the mold or let's cover the mold or something like that, um, their teacher said, let's look at the root cause of this and let's figure this out. And they found that Virginia was one of only a handful of states, I believe it was 12 states at the time, that didn't regulate mold in schoolrooms. Um, prior to these kids working. And so they took it upon themselves to protect not just themselves, but to protect everybody in the state of Virginia that um, that might encounter mold in the classroom. And that is the power of civic action. It's mm-hmm. a power to address the big systemic problems, either in your city or in your school building, or in this case, in the, in your state or even nationally. Um, and I think, and, and I think Earth Force, this is why we exist, is we exist to to give young people that opportunity to become involved in our civic system. And, and we don't need very many more examples, I don't think, here in this country of why we need to involve people and, and educate them about how the civic system works. We've had a lot of reminders of that over the last year. And so I, I think it's really vital, especially around environmental issues, but around all issues that we prepare people to be citizens. Absolutely. We'll just put an exclamation point, underline it, and cry out to the rest of the world to listen to us when we say that. <laughs> um, Bridget, um, I want to go to you. So you have been working on this bill um, I'm curious. So when you're thinking about, so this is classroom learning. What are some of the new skills, some of the knowledge that you've gained that you really weren't expecting? And were there certain like standards or like specific learnings that were required as part of the classroom that you attained through this? Like what did that learning aspect look like? So we got everything we were required for the state. We have, um, in Virginia, we have things called standards of learning or SOLs that are assigned per year for the curriculum. They're posted online. Um, Our teacher taught them to us through the lens of mold. Basically, mold was used as the example when they were explained to us and we learned it hands-on. I'm actually looking at a document we had where we laid a bunch of them out. I'll just pull an example really quick. Uh, LS7, students will investigate and understand the interactions that exist among members of a population, which we learned by studying the interactions between mold and human beings and the adverse effects that can have on the health of human beings and things like that. Um, As for skills I wasn't expecting, I learned how to be my own advocate and how to make a convincing argument. 
I also, I also learned how to do things like be here today without freaking out about the fact that it's being broadcast live. Uh, so you've, you've had the opportunity to practice a few new things that you weren't expecting um, to learn while you were learning your standards for learning. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, so Benjamin, um, so you've had the opportunity to really um, be part of this um, since the very beginning as well. So what have you seen has been the impact and what does, um, what did this, as you were, as you're experiencing this in your classrooms, like what did that look like and feel like, and what's been the impact that you've seen because of the work? Um, to, to be quite frank, it was um, frightening seeing um, just how in disrepair our school was. Um, I wasn't able to mention it earlier, but we had found several dead rats in our school. One of them found in a water fountain. Um, <laughs> we had problems with termites, uh, HVAC units. Um, our entire basement had flooded. And I think finally seeing that we were able to make um, just a small dent in fixing these problems with our bill being passed. It was, it was, it made me feel really proud. But I think I'm still trying to. I'm so sorry, Benjamin. We keep losing you. You know, it is so hard um, when when we do this show and we're working. You know, we have students on. I feel. I can, I like have this um, compassion and um, empathy with what it must be like to try to learn um, in a virtual school setting. So hopefully um, we'll get Benjamin back and he'll be able to share. I know he feels so strongly about the work that, um, that you all have been doing and the state of the school. Um, but let's go, Veronica, let's move to you and talk a little bit about community partners and um, were there community members that you were able to um, to bring into this process or um, any ways that you had to grow and adapt your project um, as as you guys were really digging into the to the root issues of the problem? Um, so we've actually worked with multiple stakeholders and representatives. Uh, some examples that I could give you are Alexandria's legislative director, Sarah Graham Taylor, Virginia State Senator Adam Evan, and our local school board member, Veronica Nolan. Um, they were very helpful in this process, um, and Senator Evan actually introduced us to the Virginia Full Senate and helped us write the proposed bill. Although we had great experiences with some of our community partners, um, they tended to not take us very seriously because mm-hmm. of our because they couldn't look past our youth. Um, it was very difficult trying to convince our older members and generations to support our cause, but eventually we reached our goal. <laughs> um, so adding to what I said before, we worked with state senators to pass legislation, but uh, we had to adapt since our original goal was not to convince our school board, was to convince our school board to remediate the toxic issues, but not to form a legislation on the state level. Yeah, that's cool. That's uh, that's the jump, right? Going from talking to the school board to talking to your elected officials to having a bill that's ready to be passed. Uh, that is called adapting. <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful. Benjamin, do we have you back? Uh, yes, apologies for that. No, no problem. So let's go back. We were you were just sharing kind of that impact and and what that felt like for you. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like um, from all that we experienced, knowing that our work um, was going to help not only our school, but buildings all across our state, it's still a feeling that I think I'm still trying to decipher. But it's such a a magical and proud moment. And it's something that I know that I'll never forget. I can absolutely imagine. I mean, not to sound like a, you know, a proud parent or a proud mom but you know like to step back and to realize like you have legislation that's being passed that is going to prevent harm from other students in your entire state like that I mean that's something just to celebrate and to lift up and um, to shout out about that's for sure um 
been, can you talk about working with young people and what that means to you and to Earth Force? Absolutely. It's, you know, this is, um, I, I think I might have said before, I have the best job in the world, but, um, but I really do because I get to see young people like this all the time, all year long. And so, um, so it's, it's one of the most amazing things uh, that we do. I wanted to, to jump off something that Bridget said a few minutes ago. She was kind of laughing off the fact that, um, that she's able to speak in front of 10,000 people on a radio show. And I remember back two years ago or so, Amy, and I showed up at a PTA meeting and the standing for tomorrow kids were making a presentation and about half of them, you know, could barely look up and speak to the parents in the room. Um, and, and to think that just a year later, they were presenting their findings and proposing a bill in front of a Senate committee um, at the state of Virginia, you know, and now they regularly get out and, and speak to people. And so I think, I think that, that in a nutshell talks about why why we really believe in this that and and as benjamin said i'm i'm incredibly proud that a group of young people using a process that we devised are protecting the lives of young people across the state of virginia you know that mm-hmm. that to me is just so so terribly amazing and so I, I think earlier you had asked me how young people are involved in our organization and and while we don't have young people necessarily involved in in the programs because we're a teacher professional development program our board of directors um half of the people from the board of directors have actually participated in earth force as a youth and so so they bring that intimate knowledge and there some of them have, have gotten a little bit older now obviously um but uh but they bring that knowledge and that memory of going through the process these young people um are explaining and that's a, a driving inspiration for us organizationally yeah yeah it's um it's hard not to be um inspired and to stay connected with young people who are taking your programs um and just creating such amazing work um, and yes, saving, saving lives because of what they're doing, which, you know, just remarkable. Um, unfortunately, we have to take one last short break, um, but when we come back, we're going to wrap up our conversation. Um, so stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at nylcorg or find us at nylc.org. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. listening to the power of young people to change the world with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, In our final few minutes together, I really want to focus on looking forward, like what's the future um, hold? And um, Vince, I thought we'd start with you and um, maybe talk about the future of Earth Force and any future plans or anything that we should know about, our listeners should know about, um, about Earth Force and where you're headed. 
Yeah, thanks, Amy. We, um, you know, we think every young person in the United States should have this experience. That's our goal is to get it everywhere. And obviously, um, it's hard to do that. It's just a single nonprofit. And so uh, what we've decided that we're going to do is we're going to help other nonprofits uh, take a take what we've learned from our program and incorporate it in their programs. And so for the last uh, three or four years, we've worked with a group of 40 nonprofits as kind of a pilot, and they're out there training teachers across the country um, in the Earth Force model. And over the next uh, four to five years, we hope to bring that to, to 350 organizations um, across the country. And so really, our goal is to, to spread this as far and wide as is possible. Um, and that'll take some time, and it'll take a lot of hard work, but we're really excited about the potential. And I think when anybody who works with young people um, and in the environmental sphere sees the kind of work like these kids did, we'll just uh, we'll easily say, yeah, I want to do that as well. Um, and we want more young people to do that. So that's that's kind of our long-term vision, Amy, is to, to make it everywhere. Yes, and it's so needed. And I, I love, um, was it environmental citizens, right? Like that's, we're create, that's what we need to create. And you guys, this program makes it happen. It is obvious. Um, so Benjamin, how about, do you have a piece of advice for other young people who are looking to make an, a difference um, in their community? Or maybe they're seeing, maybe this has in, inspired some young people to say, hey, I've noticed some things in my school, hopefully not rats dead in the drinking fountains or mushrooms growing at their feet. But um, do you have any advice that you would share with, a, with another young person who sees challenges in their own community or school? Um, yeah, so I think what is really important is to just believe in yourself, to just realize that your voice matters, and it matters a lot. And I think what goes hand in hand with that is to always be persistent, because there are always going to be times where you're going to feel like quitting. I know I had those feelings. Mm-hmm. That's when you need to have the determination. I think he was saying determination when, unfortunately, I'm so sorry with Benjamin's having um, internet issues because he has a lot of amazing things to share with us. Um, Veronica, how about you? Same question, piece of advice for another young person who wants to tackle a challenging issue in their community. Well, I would actually share something that Mary Breslin, my seventh grade science teacher, um, taught me. I think we lost... Veronica as well. So Bridget, I'm going to go to you. (laughs) The advice I would give is to do your research. It is so, so important to make sure that you understand the problem in its entirety and that you have a solution in mind when you start lobbying. Just look at the people uh, or just looking at people and saying, do something about this isn't super helpful. Just make sure you and also make sure you know who you want to reach out to. Look into the people in positions of power in your community and find out their platforms, essentially. Figure out who's mostly, like, most likely to, A, be able to help, and B, be willing to help you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, knowing, who, yeah, people who are in positions of power, who, who maybe share your passion, and know your stuff, right? You guys started with data collection, right? <laughs> um, yep. Benjamin, I'm going to see, are you back with us? So, um Yes, yes, I am. Okay, wonderful. I want to make sure you have the opportunity to share. Um, yeah, is there uh, any particular moment where I left off? Um, let's go with, um, let's circle to maybe a new question about the biggest impact that this work's had on you. Um, sure. So I think really um, the biggest impact was just kind of letting me know that my voice mattered and that if I cared enough for something that I could get it done, I could change something. And I used to be um, extremely socially awkward. Um, I would find it hard to speak in front of large crowds. And I think through this. Veronica, are you back with us? So you were sharing one piece of advice with, um, for other young people. What would that be from you? Uh, Yes, as I was saying, what my teacher actually taught me was that um, if you're ever knocked down or you're going to be knocked down and you're going to be redirected many times, 
there's not a straight path to the change that you want to accomplish, but you have to keep pushing and the world will change by your example and not by your opinion. That is beautiful. And I think we should make posters and send it out so that everyone can learn and live that. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Bridget, um, I want to end my final question with you about um, the biggest impact that this work has had on you. So as cliche as this is going to sound, I found my confidence through this work. Um, It showed me that my opinions do matter, that my voice does have power, and that I can, on occasion, make people listen. Um, And to all of you who are listening at home, it's taught me that yours does, too. So well said. And um, I think a little understated because um, not only... um, You know, when you think about what it takes to move our elected officials... And you guys did that. The power, you, the power of your voices, of the this, the knowledge and the skills that you gained um, to make that happen, um, is just something that should be celebrated and lifted up as a model for for other young people to say, "I can do this. I can make a change in this world." Um, I want to thank each of you for joining me on the show today. Um, your work is truly not only changing the world, you're saving lives. You are, your work is going to result in lives saved. Um, again, you can learn more about Earth Force and all of its great work by visiting earthforce.org. You can always email me at info, info at nylc.org, and I'll make sure to get you connected to Vince and um, the programs of Earth Force. You know, on last week's show, we had a great discussion with student Isabella Sullivan, who spoke about the power of youth voice. If you missed it, I encourage you to check out that podcast. You can download it anywhere you get your podcast. Just look for The Power of Young People to Change the World. Um, Bella is truly inspiring, um, just like our young people here today for with Standing for Tomorrow. Um, please, um, next week, uh, we're going to be hearing from fourth grade student Keith, his amazing teacher, Sterling Pino de Gal, and some great work coming out of Youth Service America. So I truly hope that you'll tune in every Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern and join us as we serve, learn, change the world. See everyone next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Power of Young People to Change the World. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world. 